welcome back to the Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And today we're talking all about podcast opportunity, most specifically in making some money with your podcast. You want to monetize it. You want to earn some revenue. Well, maybe you want to become a sustainable creator, making money with just your podcast and all of your creating efforts. Maybe you want to make just enough money to pay for your Castos hosting and buy a new microphone. Maybe you want to use it to grow your brand and drive business and increase the bottom line. We're going to go from a 50,000 foot view today. We're going to hit some of them really high line and then maybe in future episodes. And one of the things I really want to do is kickstart the uh, Facebook community over at Podcast Hackers on Facebook, which is uh, our Facebook group, to really start to dive into some of these topics a little bit more live, right? So do some live streams and we talk about this and bring on people who are doing this directly. So if you're not in the Podcast Hackers group, go ahead and check it out on Facebook. Just search for Podcast Hackers on Facebook. Join that group. Tell them that I send you from the podcast. Uh, and if you want to get a little grade on your podcast journey, where are you in your podcast journey? Go to castos.com slash podcastgrader. Get a little grade on how you're doing with your podcast efforts. And then when you get that grade, you'll get a little video, get a little bit of advice, you get some downloads to make your show a little bit better, and you can join a private podcast. So you can dip your toe into the private podcasting world, which is what we're going to talk about today as an opportunity. Okay, let's first dive into the most traditional route of podcast monetization, and that's advertising and sponsorship and what makes the two slightly different from one another. So advertising is that typical ad read, right? You hear an ad read for a new mattress. You hear an ad read for a food delivery company. These are very common or MailChimp, right? A lot of the podcasts that I listen to, I hear, you know, start an email newsletter, easy and free, MailChimp.com, et cetera, et cetera. These are advertising spots. Uh, And this is the one that comes up most often in my discussions with other podcasters. That's generally... um, the route that people are looking for. They want more downloads so that they can turn to an advertiser and say, look, I have a thousand downloads an episode. I'm selling an ad spot for whatever the, whatever the number is. And that's the traditional route. There's two different ways to go about it. You can go into an ad network, something like a podcorn, and sell your spots to a network. Or you can do direct ad sales. Generally, if you're in your early stages of podcasting, podcasting is a huge opportunity. And as a side note, like a huge opportunity would be a marketplace or a network for smaller podcast creators, right? Folks who are getting less than 500 downloads a month in their podcast. So these ad networks will then, you'll submit your show, you'll submit your downloads, and then they'll sell that to whoever wants to bid on, on that space for those download counts. But you're not in control fully on who can buy those spots. I'm sure you could say no to a lot of these advertisers if you just didn't feel like a good brand fit or whatever. But you're still not in control of that ad inventory. The ad network is the one selling it for you. So if we want to have more control over the ads, we can do direct ad sales. And this puts the onus on you or maybe an agency or a freelancer that you hire to do direct ad sales, to sell the inventory for you. And this is something that I'm very familiar with. I do this with my own personal podcast, and I'm, I'm really going to kickstart it with my local podcast, which even has a smaller audience. And this is great for creators that have really niche podcasts, things that have a hyper-focused podcast. 
Um, I do one that's specifically about WordPress and I do one that's about my local market. And these are two areas that there is not a lot of competition, also not a ton of global listeners. And it allows me to build an audience uh, with a little bit more precision. So you might not be able to go into an ad network because the download count is low relative to, you know, people with music podcasts or pop culture podcasts or news or uh, political topics and things like that. But it allows you to build that hyper-focused market or, or audience and then sell direct ads on it because there is a buyer for that space. You have to just find them and that is the challenge, right? So... The two more traditional routes uh, uh, of an advertising route is... So when it comes to advertising, it's going into an ad network or going and doing uh, direct ad sales. And the one thing that you might consider too when you go into an ad network is sometimes the agreement is it's not you reading the ad, but it's uh, an ad that somebody injects from the brand or from a creative uh, that represents the brand. So oftentimes, I, I know I listen to a few podcasts where this happens, and it's a little jarring, right? It's generally sort of buffered by having like a little uh, jingle or this sort of sound uh, transition, and you know an ad's coming, and then it is just somebody totally different uh, from this ad network selling something or advertising something. And that, you know, depending on your audience and where you're going with your brand might not be something that you're fully uh, invested in. Right? So that's always something to keep up. Uh, in the back of your mind when you're doing ad networks versus your direct ad sales where you have, again, that not only the control of the advertiser, but the creative. Uh, the next thing is sponsorship. And I, I put this in a different category because sponsorship is uh, when you're sponsoring the creation of content, or at least that's the way that I define it when I'm looking at podcast opportunity. And I can tell you that uh, this is very common in the YouTube world. So, you know, picture any tech reviewer uh, reviewing a Microsoft laptop uh, or a new Sony camera, right? The whole feel, the whole premise of that video is all about that product. It's still a unbiased review, you hope in most cases, but it's created by that brand to represent their product. And it doesn't always have to be 100% about the product. It could be something totally different. It's just sponsored by the brand. Uh, in the podcasting world, there is a podcast um, created by uh, Salesforce Studios, Salesforce being the world's largest uh, sales CRM. It's called Blazing Trails. And if you go to blazingtrails.salesforce.com, it says Blazing Trails, a podcast for Salesforce Studios presented by uh, VIP, which is a hosting company for big enterprise sites using WordPress. And there's no ad read about VIP uh, in at least in the last two episodes that I listened to. Um, but the whole idea is they are bringing it to you. They're, they are sponsoring the creation of this content. So you don't necessarily need to add, uh, read the ad. You just know as the listener, oh, thanks VIP for you know creating the Blazing Trails podcast. And we, we see this across a ton of different brands too that do this, this kind of sponsorship. And if you mix the two of like direct ad sales, if you have a small niche podcast, again, I think this is an even better opportunity for uh, smaller creators is you can approach a brand, a product, a business in your space and outla uh, outline a 
creative story arc. Uh, you know, an exploration of a particular topic that's that could be of interest to them, and and they could fund, with air quotes, the creation of this content, and that's what I like about the sponsored content, especially for small creators. You can kind of create this journey. You can sell it to a brand. Sure, you're gonna, you're going to have to do that work. But what I love about podcasting is you can be creative like that. It doesn't have to be. You know, you have hundreds of thousands of downloads and you're looking for the best, you know, CPM when people are advertising. You don't have to do it that way. You can get creative, especially with audio. So that's it. That's the advertising and sponsorship route. Those are the most traditional routes that I see uh, coming into play with monetizing a podcast. And next up is selling a private podcast or a community. This is very common uh, in a lot of larger podcasts that I listen to where they're selling access. They're selling additional content behind the scenes. They have a community, uh, a forum, something, an, an app like Circle, which hosts sort of like Facebook groups, but it's not Facebook groups. It's its own group network. Very popular. And selling that access, selling that private podcast, as you will, well, number one, you can do that with Castos. We make it easy for you. But it's a huge opportunity. You know, just upload another podcast that's private to your members. And they pay you whatever it is, $100 a year, $100 a month. Like, you you get to make that decision and kind of get a feel for where your, um, you know, where your content can take you, where your audience can take you in, in terms of price point. But the infrastructure of it all, making that private podcast, again, very easy here at Castos, and you can get creative with it, which I really like. Next up is a supplemental monetization. It's a phrase I made up, <laughs> supplemental monetization. These are things that your podcast can have an indirect effect on for making new streams of revenue. And the most common one that I run into is, is folks who are selling a book or selling uh Speaking gigs, even though we're not doing many conferences these days, a lot of conferences obviously virtual, but I see a lot of authors, a lot of public speakers, you know, they all have podcasts now. In fact, I talk to a lot of them at Casos, like, no, my, my publisher says I need a podcast, <laughs> like they won't do business with me until I have it. And it's a great way to raise awareness for selling the books or, you know, getting booked for uh, speaking gigs. And next from there, it's selling merchandise. You know, a lot of creators, especially in like the gaming industry, I've run into a few gaming podcasters and a lot of it is backed by merchandise. So ads, number one, but secondary to that would be selling merchandise, hats, sweatshirts, very easy to do those types of things these days. Use a website like Printful. You can upload your logo to all kinds of products, sweatshirts, pillows, cups, <laughs> bags, you name it. So selling merchandise. Uh, and these next two here are sort of kind of hand in hand. It's either selling your services. When I started podcasting, it's because I was running a digital agency. I was building websites for people. And the podcast was a natural extension to, you know, what we would call our customer support uh, and our sales all at the same time. So it's a little bit of, you know, getting yourself out there, promoting yourself, uh, talking about how you do business. That's the customer support segment of it. And then hopefully folks sign up and buy your service. I mean, this podcast audience brings a lot of traffic into Castos for uh, hosting podcasts. So it's a great 
complementary to, you know, selling your services or selling your knowledge. So if you're a consultant, a lot of people still do a podcast and they might not have this, you know, traditional product and service offering, but they have, I don't know, consulting time that people hire them for a very premium price point to get access. I know a lot of other podcasters that do podcast education <laughs> that do this kind of thing, right? They like doing the podcast because it's, it's content, it's creative, it gets them out there. Uh, and oh, by the way, if you just wanted to chat with them, there's a call to action for their consulting or maybe even a digital download, like they have an ebook or something like that. Uh, blurred lines between, you know, a lot of these things, but depending on your industry, they can be, you know, pretty black and white. You can kind of really see where the opportunities lie. And then I'll just leave you with two other bonus areas. Uh, selling locally, uh, running a local podcast. This is something that I do. And depending on, you know, where your creative efforts lie and what your long-term goals are with a podcast and the topics, of course, but I do a local entrepreneurship podcast, which is not too different than the podcast that I do at large, but it's just for the local market. So yeah, there, there's, there will be that cap of listenership. But the good news is, is there's probably less competition in the local space, I guess, depending on where you live. And it doesn't obviously have to be an entrepreneurship. It could be something else. But the idea is, look, there's there's a limited audience here. If you can get in front of that audience and own the majority of that audience, well, it's a lot easier than looking at all of these massive top 50 podcasts on iTunes and saying, boy, how do I compete in that space? Maybe you can win locally. It's just like saying you can go after a niche topic. But I think a lot of people, when they go after a niche topic, are also thinking niche topic at global scale. <laughs> How do I get everyone in the world on this niche topic to listen to me? It's a huge, huge effort. But maybe focus locally and you can win. It's also easier to sell advertising in your local market. Generally, you probably know a lot of people. It's what it's encouraged you to start a local podcast. And while the dollars might not be as big, it can certainly be a great way to, number one, just pay for your maybe Castos hosting <laughs> or maybe your other things that you do around content marketing to get your brand out there. Get your feet wet for doing something at a larger scale. So selling locally, starting a local podcast, uh, huge opportunity, which I think um, is still not on everyone's radar. And then... Next, and this is sort of meta, but opportunity in podcasting space is all about creating opportunity. <laughs> Doing a podcast, creating a podcast, whether you have no goals or anticipations to make money from it or have advertisers or do the selling merchandise stuff, I think just doing a podcast generally creates opportunity for you. Had I never started a podcast eight years ago, I would not be in this seat doing this podcast on audience or working for Castos. There's tons of opportunity to be found by just starting a podcast, connecting with people, both the guest and the audience, two very intimate ways to have conversations and share those conversations with others. And I think ultimately the dominoes fall through creating new opportunity for you. And it sounds, you know, very ethereal, but also something that it, it does happen over time. So if you're still saying, oh boy, do I do this podcast thing? I say, yes, of course I'm biased, but... 
I think eventually you run into some kind of new opportunity for yourself, for your brand, for your business, or for somebody else to connect somebody. It's just a great way to find new people and, and, and again, find that opportunity. All right. It's the audience podcast. Go to castos.com slash subscribe. Join the email newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, if it's your first time listening, you can subscribe to us on all major podcasting platforms and also castos.com slash podcast grader. Get a little grade on your podcasting journey. Get some helpful tips, advice, some downloadable material to make your podcast better. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.